Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Two of our favorite, what Yay. favorite, favorite, favorite people <laughs> here to join us today. We Thanks, have Jeff. I'm Diana Duplanchet. I'm Lori Mackay. Right. So anyway, thank you guys for all the feedback you've been giving us, the questions that have been coming in. Please do help us out. Write a five-star review about us. Download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know what? Say something nice about us as well. We love that. And yes. y'all, I just want to share all our listeners. The, the most exciting thing happened. I was talking to a prospective client. We had a Zoom meeting. And I felt like a celebrity for all of 10 seconds because she was like, are you Diana from the podcast? And I said, why, yes. Yes, I am. And she said, I've listened to all 16 episodes of your podcast. And I said, what? And wow. she said, it's true. It's, they're so informative. And she said that she and her committee are trying to come up with a question that they can pose that we can answer on the podcast. I said, we are waiting for your question. Oh, that'd be Please great. Please send it in. And did you tell her if she signs up with us that you'll send her an autograph photo? <laughs> <laughs> She did sign up with us. I should just send her an autograph photo. It's me from the podcast. <laughs> That's right. I was so excited. I was like, oh, my gosh. I pretty much felt like a celebrity, y'all. It was no, a great, great feeling. Yeah. Yay. Thank you so much, listeners. Yeah. And we're happy to be back in the studio today. And we are going to talk about probably one of the most common questions that comes up, which is check-in. Now, we've covered some of these elements before. We've talked about, you know, what we call how do you create a great guest entrance, but let's really kind of just focus on the mechanics of check-in because it's one of those things that I think stresses the most people out. Even prior to the event, it stresses them out. And then I think at the event, it probably stresses them out. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Think? Yep. Number one. Yeah. And of course, it wouldn't be a podcast without Diana and her notebook <laughs> and her list of things that she wants to cover. Sorry, y'all. It's true. <laughs> I so have walk around the office. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? <laughs> yes. So we, we do have a list here. And I think, you know, Lori's the perfect person to have on because she's, first of all, she goes to events a lot. And second of all, she does so much coaching and so much onboarding. And that's typically one of the first questions she gets asked mm -hmm. for a new client call. I mean, you're, you're meeting with these new clients. You're hearing these concerns. I mean, where do you start in terms of addressing all these concerns? Well, the first thing I address with people, mostly in onboarding and coaching, is what is your biggest concern? You, you purchased this new software package. Mm -hmm. You've run an event, typically run events before. What, what kind of things have you come across? And most of the time, the biggest concern is, is check-in. Mm -hmm. Hands down. So the first thing I want to know from them is, well, what is your objective at check-in? What are you trying to accomplish at check-in? Okay. And trying to really narrow down, you know, what do you really, what do we really need to accomplish here? And then coming up with the best strategy that we possibly can. Because, because, and I think it's important to kind of open up that 
a subject a little bit because if it's a golf tournament, what what is our objective at a golf tournament? Give people their foursomes, make sure they have a card on file, make sure they have a login link, send them on to breakfast. Yes. Sell some mulligans, maybe. Uh, maybe you sell Couple. a mulligan. Maybe you do that. Yep. And then if you're at a gala, what's your objective? Is it to make sure everybody has a paddle number? They do they need a table number? Are they going to have a card on file? Are I mean, do we want accurate data? Yeah. What, what I think in all cases, things? that's a question, right? For mm-hmm. any event, you know, one of the things that you can accomplish with software like Hambit or any other software out there is you can start to collect information about these people. And that is how you're going to reach out to them and build a relationship with them down the road. Mm-hmm. And so, and that goes for new people as well as, you know, kind of your existing donors who might have updated information. And this is your opportunity to capture that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's tricky, right, because there's a trade-off between capturing data and how smoothly and how quickly check-in can happen, right? And so that's one thing, I think, to your point, like, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, you know, it's the list of things. Do I need to make sure everybody has a card on file? Mm -hmm. How flexible am I going to be in that? That's right. So when they tell me, you know, heck no, you know, am I going to let them in? Because we've had clients that have said, show them the door if they say no. And I'm like... Right. Uh, no, you show them the door if they say no. <laughs> we will not be showing the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, but outside of that, like, you know, how much information do you want to capture? You know, like, are you, I and mean, we've had people that said, I want name, email, phone number, which is what Hambit needs, but I want their address, mm-hmm. you know, as well. You know, and that it's going to, you know, now we have some quick tools to like quickly look up addresses on Google and auto populate things and it makes it faster. But, but either way, that all adds up. Yeah. Time wise. Right. It totally does. Yeah. And then, you know, the, do you even need a formal check-in? Do you just want to throw up? shocking. A, yeah. Do you want to, But do hello? you really need it? Like, yeah. What, you, you, a lot of times, yes. A lot of the times you do need a check-in. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you might not want to. You might want to do something different. Like you know, put up a QR code. Mm-hmm. Have a text to register keyword. Yep. You know, that, that kind of thing is, it's a totally different way of thinking about an event, especially with these, you know, very casual denim and diamonds kind of events that we're seeing more of a trend around. Okay. So, so what if, what if they say, okay, Lori, my goal is to, well, let's say traditional, right? My my goal is to get people in the door as quickly as possible. We're going to need to give them a paddle number, a table number. And make sure they have a login link and that they have a card on file. Is that is that too much to ask for check in? That's pretty basic. That's, I mean, I think so. I've seen Most way worse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> validate their parking, give them five gold tokens, two red ones, <laughs> and then also find out whether they want chicken or fish or a vegetarian meal and give them the appropriately colored card for that. And like, also ask them their mother's maiden name. That's right. Yeah. No, oh, the, it's that, way this intense. Is very much of a true story. Yes. And and so okay, so then we we get back to maybe 75% of our clients are looking for a scenario like we just described. Yes. Yeah. A, a true paddle number, table number, ca- card on file, login link for a silent auction on your phone. Yeah. Okay. And I kind of bundle some of those in like register somebody in the party to bid. That's right. Which is going to give them the paddle number, mm-hmm. yeah. the card on file, and the login link. A lot is going to be accomplished on one screen. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. In our software. Yeah. In our software. Okay. So, Lori, how would you, what are, what would be your advice for that client? How many people do you have coming and how many volunteers are you going to put towards this? First thing. Okay. And First are they thing. mostly couples, not couples? Right. Trying are, to get a feel for how many parties you're actually going to check in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many people are actually going to come through check-in and actually physically get registered to bid. 
so I would be, I would, the first thing I'd want to know is, well, how many volunteers? So if you have 400 people at Hambid, we recommend one check-in volunteer per 50 people. If you've got some good staff there or Hambid staff on-site support, you might be able to stretch that number significantly more just because we have a lot of experience at check-in and can do it a little quicker. But all in all, like what is, how many people can you put towards this? And I usually will walk through with them the process. So the person walks in the door, are you, do you gonna have a big long table? Are you gonna have stanchions set up? Are you separating alphabetically? Ooh, no. Are you? <laughs> I, I would just tell them no on yeah, that one. I typically do, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, what What? What device are you going to be using? You know, and then we strategize a lot of, well, maybe we can, and I've said this before, tiered check-in process. I love it when there's an organized process where people are not just coming and standing in front of a table, but maybe they come and they get checked in by somebody with an iPad or and they kind of have this like ex- like flow or experience rather than like lines with a check-in table and computers. I like people to be standing and maybe have just we got you know check-in number 1, check-in group number 1. This you're going to try to get all these people, okay? Any overflow, you go back to check-in line 2 kind of type of thing or to the computer stations or to solutions anything like that so we chat about kind of what their guest experience and their flow has been like in the past and then stretch them a little bit Mm -hmm. to maybe consider using different devices to have that experience be a little more fluid when you say devices you're talking about let's let's break away from the traditional laptop on a desk model and go towards using mobile devices to check in yeah. So I t- totally agree, mm-hmm. right? And and we obviously, we support that yeah. and actually encourage it in the sense that it gives you a lot more flexibility. And, and I, I think what you're describing is kind of cool. So it's like, okay, so people come in the door, maybe you have five or six, whatever it might be. I call be them the event. front line. Yeah. Nice. I, iPhone people, <laughs> right? And they're on their iPhones and they're just quickly checking people in and they've got a stack of paddle numbers in their hand and they're just, but if those people are getting bogged down, you've got, you have you know, overflow. I call them a line monitor. It's kind of a mm-hmm. elementary school term, but you know, somebody who's there, who's not necessarily your greeter, but just making sure that, oh, Lori can help you over here. So then you've got another group that can handle this maybe on iPads and mm-hmm. they're at a cocktail table. And then beyond that, if there's more complicated situations, you can push them over to a table. Because sometimes it's nice to have a laptop if you have to do some heavy lifting, you mm-hmm. know, on yeah. a particular table or something like that. But I like that idea. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an overflow. Right? And one thing I would add to that, which I think is an important question to ask up front is, how flexible are you willing to be in your check-in process? Because we get a lot of people that come in the door that have used either a different system in the past or they've done it a certain way, even with paper, and they're unwilling to waver or bend on that, and that makes it tough. Mm-hmm. doesn't make it impossible, but a lot of times what we'll say is, okay, I understand, like, in the situation you were in before, that might have made sense to do it that way, but now that you're using a different software package, you need to leverage our expertise and you need to be flexible and try it this other way. Because a lot of times what you'll find is that people try to fit that square peg and round hole mm-hmm. and they just create challenges. Yeah. Well, it's also this idea of being modern. You know, it's about adapting, adapting to what's available to you. And maybe the new way is a better way of doing it. So I think you have to keep your guests on their toes. It might delightfully surprise them. So I think that's 
That's yeah. kind of what I'm seeing too out there. Right. And look, we've been doing this a long time, right? So we'll, we'll give you a lot of our, I wouldn't do it that way <laughs> examples and you can take them or leave them, but we'll tell you, like we say those things, not because our software is limited in how it works, but because even logistically, these things just are not helpful, hmm. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Splitting, like you mentioned this earlier, splitting the line by last name, not a good idea. Now, mm-hmm. you could be like super creative and, and thoughtful and say, you know what? I'm just going to take the stack of names in my auction or my event, and I'm going to go through and like evenly divide them. And then you just get these weird splits <laughs> of like, I've seen it, right? I walk in, it's like AA through CE, right? Yeah. And then C. F through, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> and it's too confusing to yes. your guests. Yeah. Your guests, when they walk in, should be greeted the same, have the same experience, and they should easily be able to get checked in. Right. They shouldn't have to figure out what line to be in. Well, and, and the reason that they're doing that is yeah. because they've got these packets. So that's oh, the second thing. Packets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Lori loves packets. Packets were a thing. They were a thing where they it's like, I thing. am going to... Not as much anymore. Right. Mm. Well, and, and yes. And hopefully, because we like to try to talk clients out of them, but like they were the thing, right? I, I get it. It's like, I can put everything together. I know Lori Mackay's coming with Adam Mackay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pre-assign them a panel number. I know they're VIP. I'm going to put their two bracelets in there. I'm going to put their drink tickets in. This is going to be amazing. They're just going to shop and it's going to hand them their packet, Right. The problem is with that is, first of all, like you have to have an incredibly good mm-hmm. guest list, completely filled out totally and filled know out. everything. Right. Okay, Very accurate. And these packets have to be accurate. Mm. And when they're not, it is a total disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're at one event. And I remember it was about two or three days before the event started. And we get on this call because they're frantic. Clients frantic. They want to preload paddle numbers into our guest list. Unfortunately, we allow that. So, <laughs> so we're trying to talk them out of it. And she's like, well, this is how we do it. We've been doing it this way for, you know, I forget how many years, right? And I was like, okay, well, there is a way better way to do this than what you're doing. But you've already done it this way. We're just going to have to suffer through it. And suffer was an understatement because what ended up happening was is so they had these boxes of folders behind the check-in area. And they were all paddle numbers. Okay, hmm. so they already knew who was what, right? So, oh, Lori Mackay's paddle 235. So anyway, in there is everything that she bought, except for in this case, a lot of the times it wasn't true. And so we'd be checking people in and the guy would be like, I'm a VIP. I'm like, well, you're... Actually not. <laughs> no. According not to what's packet. in this packet, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and what would happen sometimes is, is that every person got a paddle number, which is also not highly recommended, Mm, right? Because most people like to bid as couples. So it might be in the couples, it might be in their spouses or their dates packet, but we didn't check in their date because their date didn't come up to check in because they're like, my date's going to the bar. I'm just going to get our stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, okay, now we have to go back to the guest list and say, what paddle number would your guest have been had we checked them in, go find that folder. Mm-hmm. Why? Why don't you just give me a stack of VIP bracelets? Why don't you just give me a stack of drink tickets? Why don't you just give me a stack of paddle numbers? Right. And I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right there. Mark them in the system as those things. Yes. And I'll know what to do. I check them in. It says he's a VIP. I hand him two bracelets. It says he gets four drink tickets. I hand him four drink tickets. Done. Yeah. 
This podcast is powered by Handbid, mobile bidding and auction software that makes every event a smash. Visit handbid.com to learn more and schedule your free demo today. But these are the things where, you know, a lot of you folks listening on the podcast, if you've done it a certain way for a certain period of time, be open and willing to try things differently, right? Yeah. And pre-registering people and making them bidders in advance is actually going to make it worse on you, mm. not better. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, agreed. Yes, we would like you all to forget about the packets. <laughs> Let's just say it out loud. Packets. Okay, if you do, so... If you do name tags, do a different table for name tags. Yeah. Yes. Get, a, get, it, get name tags away from check-in. I remember an event that we did. Yeah. In a country club uh-huh. on the East Coast. Yep, I remember. Okay, and, and so the first year we were there, this was the first year they were using mobile bidding, and we, look, we crushed check-in, but after the event was over, we said, we have a way better idea for you. And because in the cities, even if it's a country club, the, the area, the location of check-in was very small. So we were all sitting down on these low tables, looking up to the mm-hmm. guest, and trying to give them get them checked in and then we also had to find their their name tag so in that check-in process we got through it that night we did it we passed out paddle numbers and the whole thing but the advice for the next year was to get cocktail tables and to put i think we did four cocktail tables two laptops on each cocktail table and we had a line marshal Mm -hmm. and the line marshal would direct people as they came in the door and it was and then name tags were on the other side of the tiny little check-in area and it was revolutionary it Mm -hmm. was because when you're looking eye to eye at somebody in a small crowded loud room you can hear them better and you just have more of a rapport with them, mm-hmm. you know. So slang on up to my table, you know. I, d- I don't know if I actually said that, by the way. Sorry. But anyway, <laughs> that that was. I mean, then they had to go find their own name tag. Right. I mean, that was the instruction. Like they weren't having to say like, "Hello, my name is John Smith." Right. And so that was. Those things were so helpful. Yeah, and it's look. It's not a bad idea to give people stuff like drink tickets and stuff at check-in because it sure. makes them check-in, right? Yeah, because that's true. Otherwise, people will skip it if mm. they feel like, oh, the only thing I have to do over there is register to get a paddle number. I'll just skip that and do that later. Right. I don't want to wait in that line. So some things that you can do that will help with that. First of all, maybe give them a drink when they come in the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, don't, if you don't have alcohol at your event, totally understand. But if you are going to serve alcohol, one of the things that people tend to want to do is get to the bar quickly and then go meet and chat with their friends, maybe browse the auction area, and check in the standing between them and the bar. Mm -hmm. And so you really can diffuse a lot of issues if you just hand them a drink when they walk in the door, okay? And so that's one, you know, giving them drink tickets if you're doing like a paid bar, you know, that's something that also will help people say, oh, well, I can get two free drinks if I just stand in this line or this very fast, quick efficient line right Mm -hmm. to get my drink tickets but have someone that also greets people at the door and tells them what you need them to do because if they're gonna so say you have a line of four or five people that's only going to take a few minutes that's not a big deal lines happen because lots of people show up at once okay so the the i don't want to line at my check-in isn't possible even if you had a hundred people doing check-in if 200 people all show up at once there's going to be a line Mm -hmm with two people in it in each line, right? So <laughs> it just happens. But but either way, 
you could say, hey, here's what we need you to do. We need to make, you know, get your phones out, do these things, get prepared, you know, because when you get up there, you can have all these things done already. And then smooth, you know, checking will be very smooth. Like, mm-hmm. Get your credit card out. I mean, how many people you walk up and be like, oh, will that be Visa or MasterCard tonight? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to put a card on file. And then they're fumbling for their wallet and they're flipping through trying to figure out what card they want. I mean, all of that stuff takes time and you can kind of prep them for that. And then you're, I think a very key thing you mentioned is a line monitor. You know, I don't know what we call it, line marshal, line monitor. <laughs> but people chit-chat in line, mm-hmm. okay? And they're not paying attention. And then you've got somebody who's a check-in agent who's waving their hands wildly saying, I'm available over mm-hmm. here. That's what that person's job is. Mm-hmm. It's just to make sure that the line is moving and flowing. Okay. No one at this table will be surprised to know that I am often assigned the line marshal duty. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. So it's it's important because it just it it keeps your attendant from having to stand up and wave their arms and, you know, calls attention to themselves and said, Oh ma'am, we can take you at station number five. That's right. Diana's yeah. available to help you. <laughs> So one thing I want to, one concept I want to throw out is if if our listeners are kind of new to all this, is this idea of solutions. Mm -hmm. So can y'all speak a little bit about how you've seen that done really well in the past? And what, first of all, what is it? What, let's describe that to our listener. So I, I consider solutions to be a station or an area where if there's anything, you know, out of the ordinary, for instance, maybe they're not on the guest list and Maybe they're not on a sponsor list or... Maybe they're at the wrong event. I've had that at the too. wrong event. I've had that happen. Are you serious? Yes. I have had people come to the wrong event. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, anything that's just kind of outside... Or one that comes up all the time inevitably is, I don't want to sit at that table. Or I want to move to this table. Right. Or... I decided to bring five extra people to this table. Can right. you guys get us five place settings? Okay, anything out of the ordinary. We put um, place settings on tables, too. <laughs> He's that I'm just going to throw out all the things we've had to go. We're solutions people here. We're totally solutions people. <laughs> but have a station or an area for people to go with those questions or for check-in attendants mm-hmm. to be able to say, you know what? Why don't you go see Diana over there? She'll help you out with right. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and have, have all that stuff ready to go for them right there. For tables, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I saw we were at one event and they must have had 50, 60 tables. Okay? Yeah. Gracious. And so wow. it was big. Mm-hmm. But what they what you should do, by the way, a little side tip on tables is you should go serpentine with them. So you should go like one through 10 and then 11 should be right next to 10 and go back the other way. Yeah. Because when you give people tables 10 and 11 and 11 is at the other end of the ballroom from 10, they're going to come tell you they want to move. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they're together. They want their tables together. So we saw a lot of that at this event. And so basically the, the easy fix is to go into the ballroom and swap all the end tables, just <laughs> mirror them, right? Right, right. And anyway, it was, it was a little bit of an effort versus trying to sit there on the guest list, which is not hard to do, but just mass move people's yeah. tables. So anyway, all of those, you definitely need a solutions person because mm-hmm. they'd be like, hello, you put <laughs> me with the Mac guys? Uh-uh. <laughs> We can't sit with they the Mac guys. They are so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> In that's, the best that's... possible way. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, something that if you're new to event planning, especially if you're new to mobile bidding, it's something to think about because it's going to be that troubleshooting person mm-hmm. yes. who is just very good at solving problems, cool as a cucumber. Yep. So there's guest list for sure, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a solutions person who knows the guest list, knows the table assignments, knows the sponsors, 
it will not be somebody from your mobile bidding company, right. most likely. No. They don't know your guests. <laughs> right. Okay. They don't want to make table decisions for you. Right. No. You need to be making those. So that means you have to have somebody authorized to make those decisions in the check-in area. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I would say one person that could be your mobile bidding company would be some sort of bitter technical solutions issue. Right. Okay. I have fixed iPhones. <laughs> I have helped them like, I mean, you name it. And it's not even related to necessarily an app. Right. I mean, you're just helping people figure out how to get up and going. You know? Yeah. I once sat at an event, not actually I was standing, I remember, <laughs> at a cocktail table and someone a said check-in? Yes. Yeah. And someone said, I can't get this to work. And I I cleared over 50 apps that they had open. I said, sir, why don't you try again? <laughs> I just gave your phone a big break. That's right. Okay. It needs a rest from you yeah. and your apps. <laughs> so now you only have one open. And he was like, oh, I didn't know how to do that. Um, I'm like, I'm here for you. My favorite was the guy that showed up with the flip phone from 1992 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> the one where you typed in the number and hit send. Oh, yeah. He's like, how do I get this to work? I'm like, oh, I don't know. You don't. <laughs> well, <and laughs> Here's you know, an iPad. Here you go. You work some of these events, and there's people that come to the event, and you'll send them the login link. You'll give them the information and be like, okay, have a great night. And they will stand there in front of you yeah. and download the app, click on the link, make sure everything's working. And they want to stand right because they want the help right then right. from you. And so typically with those kind of people, I say, hey, why don't you step over there to that table? They can help you, you know, work the app or figure out the software or your phone or the Apple store. Or well, I, right. think, I think what you're trying to say is you, you would like to move people in a f- sophisticated way from the check-in line yes. over to what we might call a volunteer who's helping people get set up on their phones. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a... I think that's mm-hmm. a genius idea, yeah. and it's it's helping the check-in line move through. Yep. It's it's being able to capture that person who's a little nervous about what they're doing and wants some security to make sure they understand things. I mean, if you've got an analytical person, why wouldn't they want to understand how right. to bid? I mean, that, that totally makes sense to me. So I love that idea. I, I often recommend that as well. Yeah, get them out yeah. of the line where they're still taken care of. Yes, <laughs> they're feeling loved. And one thing also I'll mention, because you mentioned the concept of staggered check-in, which is really, mm. in your case, describing how people can kind of go to various areas to check in. Mm-hmm. But you could also stagger times. Yes. And I've seen this work well, especially if you have a VIP reception beforehand. Mm-hmm. Please, if you have one of those, check them in there. Okay. Oh, yes, please. Oh, this you, is a great opportunity. This yes. is a missed opportunity if you're well, not doing and this. and it creates a mess, and I'll tell you why. Because we, you know, what's going to happen is say you have 50 VIPs, and so you do a VIP reception at, let's say, 5.30 till 6.15. Well, what's happening at 6.15? You're kind of in the heart of general check-in. Mm-hmm. You send 50 people into that room to get checked in. Not cool. Not cool. Now they're mad. Now the VIPs are not so VIP. Well, they're like, exactly. It's like, wait a second. I was drinking upstairs. Like, I'm just going to go back there, right? Mm-hmm. So I you, was doing much better five minutes yes, ago. Check in all your VIPs. And I, I've seen people say, we would like, like, we'll do events and there'll be 800 to 1,000 people at a luncheon. Well, luncheons happen fast. Right. Yes. Right? And so you can't have an hour check-in because people can't spend two, three hours at lunch. So say your luncheon's from like 11.30 to 12.30, and you can give people times to check in. So they'll say, 
we your preferred check-in time is 1030, mm-hmm. right? Or your preferred check-in time is 11. Please come at 11. And they're just giving groups of people that just to say, hey, you know what, please come at that time and we'll kind of stagger this out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, trying to get 800 to 1,000 people, I mean, you have to have a lot of volunteers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? And, you know, they might have 10 or 15 people doing it, but mm-hmm. still, if 800 people show up and you have 10 people doing check-in, it's going to take a little bit. Yeah. And I, I would like to say, in my mind, I'm imagining this VIP experience that's happening upstairs from 530 to 615. Great opportunity for people like your check-in team to walk around with their phone yep. and check people, check those VIPs in. I mean, what a very casual, very social yeah. way to do that without right. making making them feel so intrusive. When I would say, wh- where is this going, right? Because mm-hmm. we're talking about how you can make these things better now. But I think where you're going to see this go is more and more towards the concept of self-checking. If you just yeah. think about how airports work, very few people these days are actually walking up to an agent to check in. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's agents there to help. But for the most part, you know, we're all getting trained to be able to do this ourselves. Our software is moving in that direction. You know, we've got air codes now, and air codes allow you literally to split up your guest list and not force your sponsor to enter all the data. Your sponsor can turn around and hand out these codes to all of their guests. Their guests can register themselves. Mm-hmm. And we know exactly who they are. And you're going to start seeing the ability to walk into a venue, scan some code, or just literally because we know who you are or we know where you are, and you tell us who you are, we can figure out where you belong, what table you're at, and who your sponsor is. So I think that's going to make it better in the future, and it's going to relieve some stress off of that. In the meantime, a lot of us are still kind of wrapped in kind of the traditional check-in methods, Mm -hmm. everything from, I'm going to put all the laptops out. I'm going to give you a short interview. Mm. You know? (laughs) I'm going to give you a script, an entire script that we expect you to read and follow. Yes. So anyway, right. and there's gotchas around that. And we've talked about a couple of the gotchas, the splitting the line mm-hmm. by last name or pre-registering people. If, you're, if you want to know why that's a bad idea, just write a comment on the podcast asking why it's a bad idea, and we'll do a whole podcast on what a mess it creates later. Yeah, it really does. But, but other types of things that you just, you know, that can really kind of get you is when you start to take the methods you've done in the past and you refuse to kind of let go of some of them. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we did an event and every year when they do it, they have like this like contact card. So they go to their CRM, they print out these contact cards and it would be the Lori Mackay contact card. And they would say, can you read through this and just mark off like things that, you know, aren't accurate and hand it back to me? So there's Lori in her beautiful dress (laughs) and her handbag and her hair is just so and she's being handed a card to edit. Edit. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. The best is when they drop all the cards, which happened, oh, and now they're no. no longer in alphabetical order, and you've got 300 cards in your lap, and you're flipping through them, and we're like, can we kill the cards? Can we just kill yeah, the cards? Yeah, can we just stop? Yeah. Can we just so, do this in the software? Yes. And then A lot of those things, need to, they just need to go. Yeah. Yeah, right. and I, I just want to come back to air codes a second, because I think all our listeners are probably like, wait a minute, what did he just say? Yeah. I, and I would say that... We'll probably do a podcast on air codes and the product and the best practices around it, and we'll explain it to y'all. But in the meantime, I, you know, I think this is a really good example of how I just want to just say this a second. 
Handbit is trying to think of better ways of doing check-in and better ways of doing events in general. And this is one of the solutions that we're, we're presenting to you all as our clients and hopefully potential clients for the future. And, and so today's conversation, I hope that it's been, what else do we need to say? I mean, we've, we've talked about, we've, we've gone through a lot. We've talked about the, the objective. We've talked about volunteers, the number of, of, volunteers, the kind of device you're using, the, the flow, low, the flow, the tiered check-in, the timing, the timing, the the location of check-in and and also we're really asking you to to expand your thought around what is the best way to do check-in. Is there anything that you can do different this year that you did last year? What What is one or two components of your check-in that you can kind of rethink to make better? So what are what are your thoughts on, have we covered everything? Did we, is there anything we're? Yeah, the only thing I would end with on this is the goal, yeah, understanding what do I want to have accomplished when the person walks away from the check-in desk? Right. And, and I would tell you, it is not, that they have to be completely up to speed on bidding. <laughs> if you want that, open your auction a week early and get them all in it. Because everybody, you know, I would say ramps up to things in different periods of time. And so what I tend to do, depending on what, what kind of line is behind me, if I have time to spend extra time with a guest, I will, yeah. if they want it, right? But if I don't, the best place to do that is the solutions table or the auction area. Mm -hmm. And I would highly encourage you to say, Right, download this app or go to this web page or just click on this link and it will it will take you from there. Okay. And if you have any questions, find a volunteer in the auctionary and they will help you. And your volunteers need to be proactive walking around. If somebody's on their phone, ask them if they're doing okay. That's right. Right? Sir, ma'am, are you are you okay with bidding? Do you understand how it works? Do you have any questions? It's not that the software is complicated or not complicated. That is all depending on the user. Totally. Right? Mm -hmm. So the question is, is they'll come up to you and say, I think I need to get set up or I don't think I, I, I did this right or I don't really understand X, Y, or Z. And that's your perfect opportunity to kind of finish it off, give them some strategies, show them how the software works. The other thing I would want to say is, is that this isn't an app versus web thing, right? Mm. We have both and people are entirely, you know, entitled to to use whatever interface they want it none of that slows check-in down right okay in 2011 when you didn't have face id and touch id and everything else <laughs> maybe it was a different issue but in 2023 i'm telling you everybody walking in that door i don't care how old they are has put an app on their phone and so if that's the route you want them to take i encourage that because i think it's actually easier for people to use mm -hmm. right and and i'm not trying to downplay our web software i think our web interface is amazing but but either way like it's not that's not going to be the issue what's going to slow down check-in is if you have problems with your guest list you have incomplete data you're having to capture that data you've made a i would say an appropriate business decision to capture information which means i do want your info mm -hmm. you know and you know the other thing that i think significantly slows down check-in is when you have your check-in staff do a whole bunch of stuff maybe they shouldn't be doing yeah like validating parking and coat checks and what else i mean we've seen it all right? oh my gosh you're right i think the other thing that slows check-in down too is just the volunteers not really understanding 
how it works for themselves. And so a lot of times it's good to go through a volunteer training and have them experience it as a guest themselves so that they feel more comfortable with the process of Mm check-in. And also just over like too many words. Mm -hmm. Like I find when I'm training people for check-in volunteers, the first thing they want to do is well, hi, Bob and Betty Smith. Welcome. Bob, would you like to be the bitter or Betty, would you like to be the bitter? What do you mean? What's a bitter? A bitter is what's the person that's <laughs> going to be involved in the silent auction and the live auction. And we've got like 45 <laughs> items in the silent auction. And you can do the paddle raise and you can do the heads or tails. And you can, I mean, it turns into this like world's longest explanation. Right. <laughs> when, I, when I teach check-in, and this is, I strongly recommend this for volunteers, is just keep it really simple. Like, assume the people are coming to your fundraiser to give. Mm -hmm. So one of them needs to be a bidder. Mm -hmm. Whoever takes the lead, that person's the bidder in my world. Yeah. So if Jeff and Carrie walk up and Jeff is like, I need to check in, Jeff's the bidder. (laughs) 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 Jeff's the bidder. I'm not going to start going, oh, Carrie, would you also? No. (laughs) Too many words. Like, keep it really simple. Assume they want to bid. I never, ever ask somebody if they want to bid. No. And so I 100% agree with you. And typically, I like to check in parties, right? And Hamid lets you do that. So you walk up and it'll be like, Hi. You know, can I get your last name? And they'll say Porter. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and so you, I type that in. I search, right? I find it and say, say there's two. That's really easy, right? Yeah. I'll say, Jeff and Carrie. And like, yes, <laughs> check them both, right? Yep. Okay. Jeff, are you going to be the bidder tonight? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Okay. We're moving on. We're not yeah. talking about the auction, anything mm-hmm. else. Now, sometimes what I'll see is I'll look up somebody and mm-hmm. they'll just be one of them. Mm-hmm. And then the next question is, is you know, depending on the charity, I like to get at least a accurate guest list. So if the mm-hmm. other one says guest porter, I'm probably going to ask them, what is your name? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to probably grab your email unless they insist on it, but I at least want to get their name so you know who came. Yeah. You know, and I think that helps the charity out and that's easy. That's mm-hmm. fast, right? I can retype, replace guest with whatever, but that you're right. That's about it. Yeah. It doesn't need to be this big, long diatribe of what's going on for the whole evening and how it all works or going through the, I've seen people go through the program with somebody and be like, well, we're starting here and then we're going to have dinner at seven o'clock. And then I'm like, what are you doing? We have 500 people. We've got to check in. Let's go. There's a line marshal in you. See, you could be like Diana. You'd be a line marshal. You're like, roll on here. And you've had enough time. So we're, we're, we're running out of time this podcast. I'm like a couple of other things I want to cover. So just on that same topic, you know, when people are like, who wants to be the bidder? Well, what is that? I, I was like, who wants to pay the bill at the end of the night? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all you have to ask. Uh-huh. And then typically they laugh and then they'll, mm-hmm. you know, say, oh, it's going to be me or it's going to be her. Right. And I'll say, look, if you guys want to bid separately, I can set that up. Right. If you guys mm-hmm. don't, you know, like, well, what's the advantage of that? And I'll look at the guy and say, well, I mean. Your wife probably won't know what you're bidding on if you want to hide it from her. If right? you want the Yeti cooler and she wants the eyelash extensions, no judgment. That's right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So anyway, I think those types of things help, right? Yeah. You know, just kind of having a little bit of banter, but understanding to, to your point, you cannot belabor the conversation at check-in. Yeah. And right. it's, to, it's Lori said it best. Assume that the guests at your event are coming to donate. That's right. They're yeah. coming to give you money. So figure out the easiest way for them to do that. Yep. Yeah, it should you be very be quick, very easy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Did you have one more? I feel like you said a couple more things. Oh, well, I mean, I think at this point, <laughs> we've given... Sorry, I'm keeping track, Jeff. No. <laughs> Jeff said he had two things and he right. only said one. Right. That's no. what I'm hearing. <laughs> 
Well, I, I agree with Jeff. I think it's you you're setting the stage for the rest of the evening. Put time and effort into planning your check in. Walk through it yourself as a guest. Right. Ha- let so you know what their experience is going to be like. Is it clear? Does it make sense? Is it casual? I'm I'm all about the casual check in. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys know that. I definitely don't want to sit at a table like this and you know, and have good data on your guest list for your guests, least first name, last name, so that they feel welcome. Yeah. And I know the second thing I was going to mention. Okay. Oh, so thanks. Thank now you. I can sleep. Okay. So we get asked this question every once in a while. What kind of volunteers do you need and should I hire staff? Mm, okay. Mm, and, uh, and we've always had a position on this because when we got into this industry, most of our direct competitors, they were more staffing companies than they were mobile bidding companies. I mean, they're their objective was to bring six or eight people to your event and make it run smoothly. And look, for the most part, they probably did, right? I mean, I'm not saying that because those staff are used to the software. They're, you know, they've done it before. And so it's a little bit less stress than are my volunteers going to be able to pull it off? And we've always had the position of, for the most part, your volunteers are going to be able to pull it off. Yeah. Okay. And so that doesn't mean that you shouldn't hire staff. I'm just saying that you probably don't need like eight experienced staff people in your event. Okay. Mm-hmm. From Handbid. From Handbid right. or, you know, for any mobile bidding company. Like, so what I would suggest is, you know, if you're kind of new to this, hire one or two professional staff. And I guarantee you, if you just find people that are personable, that know how to use a computer, one or two Handbid staff or one or two mobile bidding company staff can make the rest of them very effective. Yeah, this is so true. I yeah. mean, I think all of us have worked events where, you know, maybe over 700, 800 people, one or two Hambit people are there. There are, there's just maybe 14 or so volunteers showing up to get trained. They can, the volunteers can get the tutorial from us before people arrive. And that's what the Hambit staff does or any mobile bidding solution staff should do. And then if your volunteer has a question, you're there for them. Yep. You're there to help mm-hmm mitigate that one little question that will come up but most of the time after they get through two or three people they've got it yeah they've got yeah. it and we did a podcast on volunteers and you should listen to it in terms of what types of people to recruit for that type of role mm-hmm. don't ever shift change in the middle of checking by the way oh so that was in that mm. podcast but anyway <laughs> but the whole point there is is you're right i mean in you don't even have to train them a week in advance you don't have to send them videos they're going to forget it all anyway show up <laughs> right make sure like just th- make sure they're, they're there. on time Minimum of 30 minutes before you can do that training and then let the professional people stand behind them, walking behind them, answering questions. And you're right, three people in and they've got it down. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just another important consideration. It's going to give you a lot more flexibility in how many staff you bring in because of your budget, because now you're using volunteers and volunteers are free, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you have to feed them, so maybe they're not entirely Please free. Please feed your volunteers. Please feed them. Yes. <laughs> and give them water at check-in, by the way. Oh, That's, yeah. That was also mm-hmm. in that podcast. So. Oh. <laughs> and mints. Yeah. They're talking to your guests, and sometimes they get close. So breath mints and water. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah. So don't feed them the Greek garlic chicken dinner right before check-in. <laughs> With a bunch of spinach that's in their teeth. That's right. Mm. <laughs> Oh, yes. my gosh. Okay. Make them all smile in the mirror before they walk out to do check-in. 
So it's all good. All right. Well, we've been, we're, we're over time on this one, but it's, oh, yeah. this is a good sure one. This are. is a, a topic and Y'all, I'm sure. Y'all, I've enjoyed this. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. I think leave some comments, Please. specific questions, and we're happy to answer those in a future podcast. But awesome. anyway, thank you, Diana. Thank you, Lori, for attending today. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you guys for listening to Elevate Your Event Podcast. We wish you all the best in your next event check-in.